All right, welcome today, guys. So today, really today, I want to challenge the way you think three different ways today, okay? Three ways. So hopefully one of those ways will really challenge you. Maybe one of those ways will make you mad. <laughs> and maybe one of those ways you'll think I'm crazy. So <laughs> those are the three ways I'm going to challenge you. So really I want to talk about Samson, famous person in the Bible, right? We all have heard stories about Samson. But I kind of see Samson a little different picture than most people. Because every time I see Samson in a movie, what do you picture? Right? Don't they find the biggest, strongest buff guy? Right? He's always like super strength. And I'm always like, if a big, strong guy comes and flips my car over, I don't think God gave him superpower. I think that guy earned it. Because that guy spent time at the gym, lifting, getting weights, right? And the Bible says the Spirit of the Lord come on Samson, and he had great strength. It says the Spirit of the Lord came on him, and he ripped the jawbone off a lion like a young goat. And I'm like, a young goat? Like, it, like is it easy to rip the jawbone off a young goat? I'm like, Lord, come on. <laughs> How would you rip a jawbone off a goat? I don't <laughs> And I'm like, no. So I'm like, you know, it's the Lord coming on him. So I picture Samson differently than probably most people. Like, so if I was to put Samson, say, maybe in a movie today, I wouldn't put him in the Avengers as the Hulk. That's not the typical Samson I see. I probably would, probably more Kung Fu Panda. I would put him as kind of like the uh, praying mantis in Kung Fu Panda. See, I picture Samson. It probably comes from when I got off the church bus and go to Grambler's, I'd watch Kung Fu Theater for a half hour before football started. And so I would watch all these Kung Fu things about these people having super Kung Fu power strength. And so I always pictured Samson having long hair, hair not cut, probably braided, you know. And then I watch them Kung Fu people, and I'm like, yeah, this is Samson. He's just skinny, scrawny guy. God's using him to do something. Because if he's big and buff, I just think, yeah, that guy earned it. That's, that's man's ability and everything. And so I kind of really picture Samson just, just differently than, than most people and everything. So most people are like, no, nah, you're crazy and everything. But so I see Samson, because I see him at different times in his life. He does, does different things that involve more than just strength. Like, he went and caught a hundred foxes. Like, have you ever tried to catch a fox? I mean, we've all seen Rocky Balboa try to catch a chicken, right? Right? He can't. It's not very easy to catch a fox. Samson caught these hundred foxes. Like, that's that doesn't take strength. That takes a lot of quickness, right? You got to be fast. And a poor fox. You know, in today's society, we're always sad about the dog or the horse that dies in the movie, right? What about these foxes? These poor foxes. Samson catches them. Ties a rope to their tail, ties a rope to another fox, ties a torch to him. Now this poor fox, dude, he's getting chased by a torch, right? And plus there's probably a thousand people trying to catch him because they're trying to stop him from building. So this poor fox being chased by a fire, being chased by people. He's got this other fox to keep jumping on him because he won't leave him alone, right? No wonder we don't know what the fox says, right? He probably, <laughs> he, uh, <laughs> can't repeat what the fox is saying. <laughs> that's, why we do, that's why we don't know what the fox says, so... So I see Samson a little different, a little different. So, so if you take the picture of Samson, and that's kind of what I want to talk about, Samson being a super strong man, and we know he's famous, and he's done a lot of really, really cool stuff. But Samson really was a jerk. <laughs> Samson's really not a very good guy, right? So let me tell you one of these things that Samson does. It would be like, say, Charlie and I made a bet, and Charlie wins the bet. 
So I lock the doors and I beat you all up and I take all your money and I come set it down here for Charlie. Here's the money I owe you, Charlie. <laughs> Enjoy, right? <laughs> yeah. How many of you now don't like Charlie either, <laughs> right? You're like, Charlie, you got my money, right? right? So, so Samson kind of, kind of is a jerk, kind of does a lot of jerks. And so that's what I found funny reading through Samson's life. At times I see him like, Samson says the Spirit of the Lord come over him and he does what God called him to do. But then I see Samson at other times doing things God's not called him to do, right? And we could, we could list Samson's sins. I don't really want to necessarily focus on Samson's sins because, you know, he's, he's got a share. But honestly, so, so do you. By, by the way, if you don't know, there's the one that's innocent, and then we're all on this side, right? We all have sin in our life. And so, so the Samson guy, we all know... Y'all know that he's famous, right? And y'all know the person he's famous with, right? Right, Samson's a famous duet, right? Samson and Delilah, just like Sonny and Cher, right, you know? <laughs> just like Sonny and Cher. You know, she's like, I got you to hold me tight. And he's like, I got you to shave my might, right? So, <laughs> right, so, so Samson knows, so, but I see Samson, the Bible says he's like the strongest person person and and we even we see like concrete companies named Samson right so if you say the word Samson everybody associates strong but if we look at what sin did to his life this is really what I want to focus on not the sins that he did but what sin did to him strongest person strongest person sin at the end they blind him they pluck out his eyes they blind him you know what does sin blind you I have learned in my life that when I allow sin to live in my life, I end up being blinded by a lot of things. I end up doing a lot of things that I thought I wouldn't do, and then I do them. Why? Because I'm blinded. I allowed the sin to continue to blind me, the sin to distract me, blind me. Sin also bound him. They bound him, bound him up. I don't know about you, but I've lived life. I've lived in sin, and I thought I was choosing sin out of my freedom and out of my liberty, and, and guess where it got me? It got me bound up. I was trapped. I was controlled by sin. Sin harmed me. And then eventually sin grinds him. He's at the mill just grinding, grinding. Sin blinded, binded, and grinded him. Guess what sin does to you? Same thing. You see, the Bible says we have an enemy. And it says the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't think Satan has time for me. <laughs> I'm like, who am I, you know, right? He ain't got time for me. But you know what your enemy is? Sin. Sin is your enemy. Sin will always take more than you think it will. It will always harm you more than you think, and it will never deliver what it's promised you. It will take sin, every sin, every sin... Every sin you allow to live in your life will steal, kill, and try to destroy you. That's, that's its purpose. That's what it does. That's what it, look, Samson's the strongest man in the world. He ends up blinded, bound, and grinding at the edge of the millstone. And so I want you to really think about the sin in your life. I mean, sin, let me tell you something about sin. Sin is an archery term. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Archery, usually you have a target and you have a bullseye. 
And then you got nine, eight, seven, all the way to one. I never shot a lot of archery, but I'd thrown a lot of darts. So I kind of, in my mind, I say archery, but I think darts. <laughs> and so my problem can be is that I'll be on my own and I'll throw an eight or a nine and think I threw a good dart. I threw good, right? But see, sin is the distance from the bullseye to where you are. So even if I'm an eight or a nine, I still have sin in my life. That sin is still trying to destroy, steal, and kill me. And it will. And it will. So, but it can be easy. Like, you could be throwing eights and nines, and then I see somebody throw a three, and you're like, at least I ain't like that loser, right? Right? Am I the only one that thinks like that, right? I'm not, right? But it can be easy to see other people sin and be like, well, I'm not that person, so I'm not that bad, and I'm good. But see, it's only hitting the bullseyes and that you are not in sin. And Samson, I think Samson's life describes this because at times I see Samson hanging out with Delilah hitting twos and ones. And I see other times Samson saying he's the spirit of the Lord's with him and he does what he's called to do. Now, Samson's called to deliver his people from the Philistines. The Philistines were evil people. You know, they would pluck out the eyes of people that way they would think it would make you weaker and you wouldn't fight back against them and they, they were pretty ruthless so God called Samson to specifically deliver them hopefully God's not calling you to go kill some other people <laughs> but this was Samson's call and this is what he's called for but God's called you for something specific also right and so see the, the sin issue I think Jesus really tried to teach this to us in a way you see, Jesus, it says the Bible, Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, right? So he's not doing it on his own accord. So the first thing I know is Jesus is already hitting the target, right? He's hitting the bullseye. He's led by the Spirit. The Spirit's like, you need to go into the wilderness. Jesus is like, I'm going into the wilderness, you know? And so he goes into the wilderness, and then the Spirit's like, uh, yeah, you're not going to eat either. And I'm like, wait, hold on, <laughs> Like me, that's suffering. You put me 40 days of no food, that is suffering for me, right? Somehow Jesus doesn't eat for 40 days. And then what's funny is that the enemy comes to Jesus because the enemy thinks he sees a weakness, right? Didn't Satan, he didn't tempt him with food on day one, right? He waits 40 days. It's because Satan knows your weakness. He sees you. He sees the things that you stop, look at that maybe you shouldn't. He sees the way you feel about the other people. He sees those things in your life. He sees that sin in your life. He sees the sin struggles in your life. And when he thinks you're weak, he's going to pounce on opportunity, just like he tried to pounce on Jesus. Like, Jesus, you're hungry. You ain't ate in 40 days. Look, turn that stone into a pizza. I got to make it relate to me, right? <laughs> right? And so what's funny is, Brad, I thought he was going to steal my verse here. <laughs> Jesus says to Satan, he says, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. But what's, what is really cool and interesting about this is that Jesus uses a different word for the word word than the word that was used in the Old Testament that meant word. Right. <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense, right? So Moses writing the Old Testament writes down, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word out of the mouth of God. Now, he uses the word that means written word, written word. He's writing 
his books of the Bible, and so we, use, we look at the Bible, it lights our path, it directs our ways, we look at God's Word to direct us. But Jesus doesn't use that word for word. He uses a different word for word. So it's kind of like, wait a minute, like Jesus, are you, don't know the Old Testament? Or is he trying to teach us something a little more? And see, Jesus uses the word rima, a Greek word named rima, which actually means living word, active word, current living word. See, so Jesus kind of, if I paraphrase this, this is kind of what I think Jesus is saying to Satan. God's not telling me it's time to eat. Why would I eat? Why would I eat? I'm only hitting bullseyes on my target. I'm not after nines. I'm not after eights. You may think that's good in your life, but that sin is stealing from you. That sin is damaging you. Pat yourself on the back for a nine, and it's, it's destroying you. The only time you hit tens is when you are relevant with God. When you spend time with God, you're in fellowship with God, you're moving with God, those are the times that you hit bullseyes. And that's what Jesus is saying. He's like, God has not told me for 40 days it's time to eat. I'm not eating. And to me, that, to me, that seems crazy, right? But then I'm like, so what about in my life? Do, how much do I really acknowledge God? Because ideally, I'd love to say I surrender my whole life to God, but that's, that's not true. That's not true. I mean, hopefully I can get doing more today than I used to do, and hopefully tomorrow I'll do more than I do today. And my goal is to surrender everything to God, but sometimes I just want to go to Taco Bell. <laughs> right? And I don't want to ask God about going to Taco Bell because I'm afraid he might tell me no. And so I don't want to say, where should I go to lunch? Now, you may say, that's kind of crazy, but doesn't the Bible say, acknowledge God in all your ways? In all your ways? Does that mean Taco Bell? Does that mean lunch? In all your ways, he'll direct your path, right? And doesn't the Bible say, is it good to let God direct your path? How about that? Is it good? You all agree it's good, right? Bible also says, that's a trap. <laughs> the Bible also says, if you know it's good and you don't do it, to you it is sin. Ah, now the next time you go to Taco Bell <laughs> and you don't ask God first, technically to you, you're hitting an eight or a nine on the board. You see what I'm saying? Because maybe, maybe God would be like, you should go to the other Taco Bell because that cook is mad at their manager and you're really going to get a burrito supreme, <laughs> right? But God knows those kind of things. Maybe he would direct you and advise you. And, and I'm like, all right, Lord, how do I give more? I want to be more like Jesus. I want to hit bullseyes every time I walk because sin, oh, I don't know if I can stress it. That, that is the second challenge. What about sin in your life? Look at sin in your life. Jesus tried to explain this. He's like, why, why are you worried about the speck in your other per person's life? You got a plank in your own eye. See, I think Jesus is trying to teach us to be more concerned about sin in your own personal life. Sin in your life. It can be so easy to see the sin of the world and then put up, look at that, look at that. And we think that because they're hitting a two or three on the board that they're worse than us because we're hitting eights or nines in church. Eight and nines in church are still stealing, killing, and destroying you. Every step, every moment. I would say every moment that you are not in fellowship with God, you're not hitting a bullseye. 
every moment. And so that, that can be <laughs> quite challenging to try to live with God, try to dwell with God, try to hang out with God. So that's the second challenge. How is sin in your life? You, I don't want to call out specific sins, make sins. We all have sin. There are things that I struggle with. There are things you struggle with. And there are things that you do that you just do, and you know they're not right. That might be a four or five on the chart, but <laughs> right? But then there's also a lot of times, I think a lot of times my issue is, is I just don't think about God. I'll just be like, I'm going to do this today, and I just go do it. And I left God at the door. And I get home, and I'll be like, oh, where have you been all day? And like, no, the problem is me, right? Because we are all called to do something. Just like Samson is called to deliver them from the Philistines, you are called to reach the lost, go into all the kingdom. So what about when I go to the grocery store? Am I going to the grocery store because I'm looking for corn? Or am I going to the grocery store with my eyes open to see what God has for me? Like, like maybe there's a purpose I'm going to Kroger's, or maybe there's a purpose I'm going to Walmart instead, or whatever store. Or did I even ask the Lord what store I should go to? Am I letting the Lord follow me? Like, where should I go get corn? All right, that's where I'm going to get corn. Now my eyes are open. What do you have for me, Lord? Am I taking the Lord with me? Am I relevant? In too many days, I just get in the car and drive. And I think I'm doing good because maybe I'm preparing for an outreach and I'll be like, oh, we're doing an outreach. And so I got plans and those are good things and we're going to share the gospel. But am I doing those things with the Lord or am I hitting eights or nines on my board? what about you and your life? How many eights and nines are you hitting because you're not relevant with the Lord rather than hitting bullseyes? Look, time is short. I think time is short. We, we've got to be relevant with God and hit the bullseyes. And that's the way we keep sin out of our life is only being relevant with God. Only the times that I'm relevant with God can I hit bullseyes and follow God's calling. And so... That really is the second challenge there. I want you to challenge the way you look at Samson. He's not the big buff guy. I want you to really evaluate sin in your life personally. Stop worrying about sin of the world. The world is supposed to be full of sin. That's what they are. God says, if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and turn from their wicked ways. He didn't say if the world repents. He didn't say if the world gets it right. He says, you know what the problem is? It's my people. My people are hitting eights and nines on the board, and I need them to hit tens to rescue the lost. We're too busy. Oh, we're doing okay. We're doing okay. We're doing okay. That's not, that's not our creator. It's not our God. He's not a God of okay. I mean, look at the amazing earth he made. We're going to talk about evolution and creation. Look at the uniqueness amazement of this world. It's not an okay world. What about the human body? The human body is an amazing thing. It's not just an okay thing, right? God doesn't just hit eights and nines, right? Doesn't he always hit tens? So I want you to be relevant with, with God and tens. And so I do have a Bible verse I'm, I'm going to share here in a second. I'll share it. Judges... The text, Judges 15, 15, is, is the one verse that I want to share and read with you. 
And then I'm going to tell you a little story, Samson, re replay a story of Samson, and then hopefully compare it to Jesus and then to you. So that's the title of the message, Samson to Jesus to you. Because every sermon I've ever heard in my whole life has all been about big buff Samson and everything he did wrong. And so I'm trying to present you a little different picture of Samson, that he's some skinny, scrawny little kung fu guy that sometimes did things right. So those are two, two contrasting things. And so Judges, Judges 15, 15. I'm going to read out of the King James. And Samson says, He found a new jawbone of an ass, or a donkey, and put forth his hand and took it and slew a thousand men. And so the Bible tells a story of thousand warriors coming to kill Samson. We're not just talking just people. These are Philistines, a thousand people, warriors, weapons, armor, coming to kill Samson. They are coming for him. They are coming for him. And the Bible says the Spirit of the Lord come over Samson. So I kind of picture Samson praying. I don't know if he knelt to pray. Maybe I'll take a little bit of liberty on that one. But I think Samson like knelt down to pray like, oh, my goodness, Lord, like I need help, which... I don't know if you know, that's a great prayer. <laughs> I just need help, Lord. I don't know what to do. I need help. And so I see Samson, and he's like, Lord, I need help. Well, you see, Samson, while well, I see the enemy coming for me. See the enemy coming for you? Yes. Sin is coming for you. Every sin you allow in your life, it's coming for you. Enemy's coming for you. Samson sees the enemy. Enemy's coming for me. But it says the Spirit of the Lord comes over, Samson. What else do you see, Samson? Well, I see this jawbone. It says there's a jawbone of a donkey laying on the ground. I think, I think he probably put that in his ponytail, the end of his ponytail, right? Like, whew. that's right, right? Jawbone, right side of the face, right? I wonder how hard that is to pluck out of somebody's face, right? <laughs> but I think Samson picked up that jawbone, stuck it in his ponytail, I think he went after the enemy. I don't think he sat there and waited for the thousand to come, right? See, he changed his focus from seeing what the world wanted him to see, which is your enemy coming towards you. The world wanted him to see the enemy. Get scared. But Samson, when he got with God, he saw what God had already supplied for him. See, that jawbone was already there, right? It didn't just magically appear. It was there to begin with. Who knows? Maybe God placed it there a month ago. I think there's things in your life that God's already placed there. My problem is, is I don't always see it because I think I'm doing good hitting eight or nines on my board, and I never follow in fellowship with the Lord to see what He's already given me. See, He's already given Samson his jawbone. And it says He picks up this jawbone and goes and takes out a thousand, a thousand, thousand warriors right towards Him. But then I also see Jesus. I see Jesus taking time to kneel. I see Jesus in a garden, garden of Gethsemane. And you know what? The enemies are coming for him. They are, they are coming. <laughs> they are coming to pay for my sin. They're coming to pay for your sin. And Jesus, you see, you see him calling. He's like, all right, Father, what's plan B? Isn't there a plan B? 
Like the enemy's coming, the whole world's coming on me, darkness is coming. What's plan B? Well, Jesus, what do you see? The Bible says he was dripping sweats of blood. See, the Bible's already taught us that there's no remission of sin without the shedding of innocent blood. Life is in the blood. Guess what, Jesus? God's already given you everything you need. Right? And God already gave him blood to shed for us, to die for us, to cleanse us from our darkness. God's already gave him what he needed. God already gave Samson what he needed. God already gave Jesus what he needed. And I see Jesus seeing that blood. And this, this is one of the most profound things. The enemy's coming towards him, and Jesus gets up, and he tells the disciples, let's go face our accusers. And he walks to the cross, towards the cross. I heard about his groaning, of his precious blood atoning. Then I repented of my sins and won the victory. Ooh, I love that song. It's the victory, like when I am with Jesus and hitting tens, it's victory. And so what about you? You. What about you? What's God called you to do? Has God placed a purpose in your heart? Has God called you for something? Samson was called for something. Something. Jesus, he was called for something. But what about you? Are you not called for something? Now, you may get on your knees sometimes and you see everything the world has to offer. And the world will fill you with fear. But the Bible says he hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and sound mind. Right? And I may get discouraged. You may get discouraged. But doesn't the Bible say you're the light of the world? No, you're not meant to be hidden. Don't be hiding under a bushel, right? We are supposed to walk into the darkness and make a difference. The Bible says you'll know Jesus' people by their love. Take that love and that light into darkness. Not always easy. What are you saying? We're not hated loved by everybody, are we? Darkness doesn't like light. Salt, you're the salt of the world. How many of you are salty? Now you could answer that a little differently. <laughs> right? But you are meant to be salty. You should be affecting the world around you. Like there are people that you come in contact with and that you see that I'll never see. Brad will never see. You may think, oh, Brad will talk to him. Brad may never get a chance to talk to him. Brad may not be <laughs> flowing in the spirit around them. I may not be around them. But what about you? See, God's already given you what you need. The Spirit of the living God is dwelling within you. If God be for you, who can be against you, right? So that's what I'm saying in your life. Like, oh man, if we could get over the distractions of this world, if we could get over ourselves and our selfishness and our own things and be like, all right, Lord, I just want to focus on you like, what do you have for me? What God has already given, believer, do you know God has already given you the tools you need to do what you are called to do? 
God has already given you. So now, believer, now, believer, it is time to pick up your ass bone and do what God has called you to do. Time is short. And so that's the challenge I have for you today. Samson, I look at him differently. But I also want you to look at sin in your life differently. It's stealing from you, which steals from the people out there. If you're hitting eights and nines on the board, how are you going to be leading people to the Lord? And I know the world can distract you and tell you you can't do it. You don't have enough education. You don't have all that hogwash. (laughs) God has already given you what you need to do what you've been called to do. So that's the challenge. I want you to pick up your ass bone that God has given you and do what God has called you to do because God has a plan and a purpose for you. And I believe that you can do it. So, and that's, that's all I really have. Although I would like to talk about Saturday if we want to talk about Saturday. <laughs>